evening. Tonight we're going to be looking at the one word idea of judgment. I came across an illustration that kind of explains to us how the world views judgment. It's about a lady who wrote a book that was on the New York Times bestseller list for more than 40 weeks, including five weeks at number one. The name of the book was entitled Embraced by the Light. It's the idea of this, or the story of this lady that wrote this book who was undergoing surgery and she passed away, only to return five hours later and gave the idea of Heaven, the secrets of heaven. And she said in this book, uh, Jesus never wanted to do or say anything that would offend me while she was visited, while she visited in heaven. Indeed, Jesus seems to be regulated. Uh, this person quoting from this book, and it seems that Jesus seems to be regulated to the role of a happy tour guide in heaven, not the Savior of the world who died on the cross. But see, when you look at the Bible, Judgment is evident. Judgment is coming. In fact, eternal judgment is one of the foundational teachings of Christianity. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. And in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the reality and the certainty of final judgment is revealed. For the unrighteous, those who do not know God... Paul would talk about in the book of 2 Thessalonians. And have not been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. This day is terrifying and horrible. Yet for those who have been saved by grace through faith, it is a day of praise and joy. And so there's the idea when people look at this idea of judgment, there's that of doom and gloom or that of joy and happiness. It depends on how we live, doesn't it? Or who we're living with. There are numerous words in the Bible that describe this idea of judgment and that God will judge the world. Judgment is described in the Scripture as a day of calamity as well as a day of deliverance. It's also described as uh, someone who pronounces uh, guiltiness on those while on others freedom. I want you to notice on the screen here some Hebrew terms, and I put these up here uh, mainly to show the definitions because I, I cannot pronounce these words. But the first word we'll see, the idea or the definition is to judge, to govern, to uphold justice, and to enact righteous decisions. It's a verb that's com commonly used to describe the carrying out of judicial decisions. For example, in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 4, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 17. Another word is simply the, the word judgment. It's a noun that denotes a judgment or punish, punishment in judicial context. Uh, Exodus 6 and 7, Ezekiel 14 and verse 21. Another word, Hebrew word, means uh, judgment or justice. It's the term is often used to express both, uh, both to attribute justice as well as the execution of judgment. Isaiah 32, Micah 3, uh, Psalm 1 and Isaiah 34. And then the, the next word, uh, the Hebrew word, means the day of the Lord. 
of the day of Yahweh. That's in Isaiah chapter 2 and Amos chapter 5 and Zephaniah chapter 1 and Zechariah chapter 12. I want to share with you uh, the idea of this, uh, the day of the Lord. The term the day of the Lord occurs throughout the Bible referring both to impending historical judgments from God and to His final judgment at the end of time. It has to do with that of divine action. And this is the idea from, uh, from the Hebrew perspective. It is indicative of those times when God would break into time and act in human history, so they believed. Israel viewed this day as the time when God would come to the aid of those who are His. It was thought to be a time when all enemies would be put down uh, and Israel and her God would be exalted. It was seen as a day in history in which a nation would receive its doom. That helps us understand really how the Hebrew people thought, didn't it? How they thought even when Jesus would come. Uh, it makes us understand in light of or what they believed. It may, helps us to understand why they missed Jesus coming into the world. And they thought the Messiah would bring this, this doom, this judgment on all these people that oppressed Israel. But in the New Testament, there are several more terms that uh, mean judgment. The first one, notice it if you will, means last day or eschatological day. This phrase is used to indicate the final day when God would judge the world. John chapter 6 verse 40 and chapter 12 verse 48. Uh, another Greek term means the day of the Lord as well. And this phrase refers to the time when the Lord appears to carry out that final judgment and vindication. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and 2 Peter chapter 3. Another one simply means to judge, used in reference to someone who has authority to render legal verdicts, Hebrews chapter 12 and 2 Timothy chapter 4. And then another means to pass judgment, to make a judgment. And this verb is used to describe the act of carrying out judicial process or making judgment. Um, many passages here, John 5, 1 Peter 1, 2 Peter 2, Matthew 5, and Chapter 10, chapter 7, 10, 11, and chapter 12. And then probably the one that I've heard the most is that of the term Bema. It means the judgment seat or the judgment bench. We find this in Romans chapter 14 and also 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And this refers to the race platform where officials would conduct judicial matters. And you'll see there Romans chapter 14 and 2 Corinthians 5. It'll use that idea of the judgment seat or the Bema seat where they pronounce judgment and carry out the sentence of, of those who are in the hearing. And then the final Greek word is that meaning to exclude or separate. Matthew 13 and Matthew chapter 25 is used to indicate the separation of the wicked from the righteous at the return of Jesus Christ. As I mentioned before, there are a number of scriptures uh, that mention and talk about this idea of judgment. Too many for us to even look at. I, I want to mention to you some that if you have your black devotional book, these are some that the devotionals will take place or, or will talk about uh, this week. Psalm 96, 
Exodus chapter 6. Acts chapter 17, we'll look at that in a minute. Romans chapter 2 and 2 Timothy chapter 4. And these will all deal with the term judgment. One person said this about judgment, it will serve the purpose rather of displaying before all rational creatures the declarative glory of God in a formal forensic act, which magnifies on the one hand His holiness and righteousness, and on the other hand His grace and mercy. Moreover, it should be borne in mind that the judgment at the last day will differ from that at the death of each individual in more than one respect. It will not be secret but public. It will not pertain to the one to the soul only, but also to the body. It will not have reference to a single individual, but to all men. And we'll look at some scriptures in a minute that will show that all will be present in the judgment. No one will be able to accuse God of being unfair. I'm reminded of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 where the Bible says that every knee will bow before Jesus. Everyone will be without excuse, Romans chapter 1. Everyone, every mouth will be closed, Romans chapter 3. God will be glorified in His justice because it will be made clear that those who are lost are getting what they deserve and He will be glorified in His grace because it will be made clear that those who are saved are getting the opposite of what they deserve. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I'm not sure if you've ever looked up this picture. Um, the King James Version calls it uh, Paul speaking at Mars Hill. But it was also at this Areopagus in Acts chapter 17, that Paul uh, goes in when these people are... Uh, this is where they would do plays. This is where they would conduct uh, judicial business. This is where they would uh, conduct town meetings. Uh, this is also where the uh, philosophers would sit around and uh, philosophize and talk about various things. And, and that's kind of the scene in Acts chapter 17. When Paul comes on the scene, he's been here in Athens, and he enters this Areopagus and he begins talking to these people about all the gods that they have, all the, the statues around in the city of Athens. He says, I perceive that you are very religious. You, you, you worship all these gods. In fact, you worship so many gods, you even have one to the unknown God. You don't want to leave anybody out. This is the God I want to declare to you. This is the God I want to talk to you about. And listen when Paul approaches these people who are very religious, all gathered in this Areopagus, what is the one thing or the theme that he talks about? He talks to them about the one God. And then down in verse 30. Thirty and thirty-one, Paul says this: Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Why, Paul? Why is God commanding this? Because He has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom He has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising Him from the dead. 
so he goes into this place and he starts talking about all these gods that you have. I want to, I want to declare to you this unknown God through Jesus Christ. There will come a day when He will judge the world in righteousness. He says there was a time when God, God kind of overlooked this ignorance that mankind had. But now He commands men everywhere to repent. Peter would say it in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So I hope you see the theme of the idea of judgment. Yes, to some, the judgment is doom and gloom. But to those in Jesus Christ, it is praise and it is joy. And judgment then, it shows to us the seriousness of that day, the joy of that day of those found in Jesus Christ. But it should also impress upon us the need for Jesus Christ in Paul's day and in our day. God overlooked that ignorance one day, one time. But Paul says now He commands everyone, all men everywhere, to repent. Because the day is coming. The day is coming. And it's a serious day. It's one to think about. It's one to uh, contemplate. It's one to share about. But in sharing that day of judgment, it gives us an opportunity to share the necessity of Christ, the love of Christ, the love of God. God wishes that none should perish. That's the message of judgment. God doesn't want anyone to perish. But those who continue to live in the way of sin and wallow in that lifestyle, there will be no place in eternal joy in heaven for those individuals. I want us to think about, and there's a ton of Scriptures related to these points, but uh, they will be on the screen. I want us to think about some things to consider as we think about judgment. Number one, there will be a day of judgment in the future. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17, notice what the Bible says. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. There is a day of judgment coming, because as He is, so are we in the world. Paul would say in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, notice it. For this reason I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep what I've committed to win. Until that day. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 22. We noticed verse 21 this morning, but in verse 22, Jesus said, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Revelation chapter 11 and verse 18, the Bible says, The nations were angry and your wrath has come at the time of the dead that they should be judged. 
There is a day of judgment coming. Another thing to think about as it relates to judgment is that Christ will be the judge. John chapter 5 and verse 27. And He has given Him, Jesus, authority to execute judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. Turn in your Bibles, uh, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 25. And I want us to notice what's considered the judgment scene of Scripture. And you know this story well of how Jesus says that they will be parted like a shepherd, sheep on the right and the goats on the left. When the Son of Man comes, I'm in verse 31, in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those on the right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, naked, or clo- and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick, or in prison, and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger naked or sick and in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, As surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it, did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Jesus sat on the throne of his glory and judged. And he parted the sheep from the goats. Jesus would say when He walked this earth, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many will go through. But narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to eternal life. And there will be few who find it. And in this judgment scene, He describes two ways, two paths, Two directions, two different destinations. In John chapter 12 and verse 48, the Bible says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in that last day. So there will be a day of judgment. Christ will be the judge. All people will be there. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Notice what the Scripture says. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living 
and the dead at His appearing and in His kingdom. In Matthew 25 and verse 32 as we read, All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. There's one thing about the judgment day. We will not escape. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about those of us who follow Jesus. I'm talking about the world. Mankind will not escape the judgment. The Bible tells us also our actions will be judged. Notice what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's that term, the Bema seat. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 14. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Romans chapter 14 and verse 12. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. And then in the last place tonight, I want us to consider that God is also kind and gracious in His judgment. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12, the Bible says this, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17, and he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Talking about his people, his followers, Christians. Jeremiah 31 and verse 34, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Let us be a people who long for the return of Jesus. Who place our confident trust in Him and we wait for Him and we watch His plan unfold. If we do that, then we can join Paul in saying that we long for and we love His appearing. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. J.I. Packer once wrote, Run from Him now, and you will meet Him as judge then and without hope. Seek Him now, and you will find Him. For he that seeketh findeth. And you will then discover that you are looking forward to that future meeting with joy, knowing that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's been several funerals lately. And many times in those funerals, from Scripture, it's pointed out that blessed are those who die in the Lord. For judgment is not a day to fear, but to look forward to. To be added to that eternal home of heaven. There's a story told about some early pioneers back in the pioneer days. And as they were going out west, 
traveling this group in covered wagons and, and their trip was slow. It took a while. And as they approached this one prairie crossing this prairie, they noticed off in the distance a line of smoke that went from this side of the prairie all the way to this side of the prairie. And the smoke was just bellowing it up and it was coming to their direction. And the closer that they, that as they approached the smoke, they realized what was taking place. You see, the grass had caught fire and the fire was approaching them. And they all, all began to panic and wonder what they were going to do. You see, the, the day before they had just crossed the river. But they didn't have time to return back to that river before the fire caught up with them. And so one man thought about what to do and he ordered people behind them to burn the grass in the opposite direction. And as soon as that grass burned and there was enough room, then all of the pioneers in that wagon train got back on the already burnt grass. And as they were there, one child, one young girl said this, Are you sure we shall not all be burned up? The leader replied, My child, the flames cannot reach us here, for we are standing where the fire has been. What a picture of the child of God, the Christian, buried with Jesus Christ in baptism, who is safe in Christ. Child of God, we cannot be burned here. For Jesus Christ has already taken our place. Jesus came to this earth to show us the way. He came to this earth to take our place on the cross. He came to this earth so that through Him we can have redemption and forgiveness of sins. And that is the message of judgment. Not so much the doom and gloom, but outside of Jesus Christ there is doom and gloom, but you need Jesus. And Jesus has came, come to take your place. He's already been where the fire was. And in Christ, we can be safe. So what are we to do? Jesus said in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 29, Come to Me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, He declared to His disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through Me. In the book of Acts chapter 2, Peter stood up with those other apostles and he declared to these people who heard that great sermon, who said, men and brethren, what must we do? We have killed the Lord Jesus. Now what must we do? And Peter said in verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember over in Acts chapter 8, verses 12 and following? But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. 
Then Simon himself also, Simon the sorcerer, also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Those people on the day of Pentecost, they made sure of which path they were going to follow. Those people when Philip preached in Acts chapter 8, as well as Simon the sorcerer, they made sure which path they were going to follow. And then also in Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 34, notice what the Bible says. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet, he's reading Isaiah the prophet, whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at, that, at this scripture, preached Jesus. He preached Jesus, just like Paul did in Acts chapter 17. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, the eunuch asked, See, here's water. What is keeping me from being buried with Jesus in baptism? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down in the water and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more when, and he went on his way rejoicing. So what are we to do? What is our response? Today our prayer is the Scripture has been revealed of how to choose the right path, how to choose Jesus, how to, be, how to die with Him in that watery grave of baptism, to rise in the resurrection with Him, to rise as a new person in this life, being on that path of light, walking in that way, walking in the truth. If you've not done that today, tonight, it's our prayer that you will. Will you allow God's Word to prick your heart just like those people did on the day of Pentecost? If you have done that, remember this. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Galatians chapter 5, Paul would say, Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There are two paths. There have always been two paths. Judgment is at the end of those two paths. But on the other side of judgment, there are two destinations. And it's our prayer, just like Paul, just like Peter, to declare to those, if you're here tonight, and to declare to those that we're around on a daily basis, God loves you. And God does not wish that you should perish, but that you should have everlasting life in Jesus Christ. I want to close tonight with a passage of Scripture from 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, Look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. If you're not a child of God, it's our prayer that you will decide to do so tonight. The last time I checked, there was water. Will you ask the question, here's water. What is keeping me from being buried with Jesus Christ in baptism? so that I can make sure my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, so that I can make sure I am on that path that will lead to the destination of heaven because I'm walking in the light with Jesus Christ. Maybe it is you're here tonight, and for whatever reason, there's been a lot of things in your life. Sister Debbie mentioned this morning that of all the busyness that she has going on in her life and, and some things that she just needed to get right and make right, maybe it is there's so much in your life. Maybe it's Satan's piled a lot of things and a lot of difficulties in your life right now. What better time than with your church family to say, Lord, I need help. I need you to walk with me. Church family, I need you to walk with me. Lord, I need you to help me carry this load. Maybe it is you've become a child of God, but you've quit walking in the light. Maybe it is tonight you need to ask the Lord for forgiveness and to continue walking in that light. So no matter what happens tomorrow, you can long for that judgment day when Jesus will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. As together we stand and sing.